My friends, on Friday, the Bureau of Labor Statistics released its May Consumer Price Index report, which showed inflation worsening. Yet the bigger story, and really the bigger worry, is not inflation. It's the distinct possibility of a recession, or perhaps both, what's termed stagflation. Uh, I'm getting asked a lot about this, so I decided to provide the questions that I'm asked most often, uh, along with my answers. Here goes. First, are we heading for a recession? Well, many signs point in that direction. New home construction slowed in April. Mortgage demand continues to decline. Some of the country's largest and most influential retailers are reporting disappointing sales and profits. The stock market is nearly in bear territory, and futures markets are signaling trouble ahead. Uh, second, what exactly is a recession? Well, recession is a technical term defined as two consecutive quarters of shrinking gross domestic product. The National Bureau of Economic Research is the authority that declares recessions in the United States, and its own definition is significant decline in economic activity that's spread across the economy and lasts more than a few months. As a practical matter, recessions mean fewer jobs and lower wages. Third, when is recession likely to happen, and should I panic? Well, if it occurs, it won't be immediately. I'd guess sometime over the next year. And please don't panic. This is a distinct possibility you want to be aware of in terms of preparing for it to the extent that you can. For who gets most hurt by a recession? Well, it's mostly lower income Americans who are especially vulnerable because they tend to be the first fired when the economy slows and the last hired when it rebounds. Recessions also hurt younger people trying to get into their jobs market, trying to get their footing, and anyone trying to afford a mortgage. And recessions can be hard on retirees whose IRAs or 401k accounts get clobbered. Uh, fifth, why are we heading toward a recession? Well, it's partly because of continued uncertainty from the coronavirus pandemic and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But if we fall into recession, the main cause will be interest rate hikes by the Federal Reserve. The Fed has raised interest rates by three quarters of a percentage point so far this year, and Fed officials are signaling more aggressive increases ahead, perhaps another half point in July and another half point in October. A fifth uh, or sixth, what's the connection between Fed rate hikes and a recession? Rate hikes increase the costs of borrowing to individuals and consumers, with which causes them to cut back on their purchases. And this, in turn, causes the economy to slow. Seventh, do Fed rate hikes always lead to recession? Uh, the answer is no. It's possible we could have a, a kind of soft landing that lowers inflation without causing recession. But Fed hikes often overshoot, resulting in recession especially when they're on the scale the Fed is contemplating. In 1981, for example, the Fed under Paul Volcker raised interest rates so high to fight double-digit inflation that it plunged the economy into a deep recession. Eight, why is the Fed doing this now? Well, the answer is because it believes it must slow the economy in order to slow inflation, which is now at a 40-year high. Uh, ninth, is the Fed correct? Well, here's where I um, really do get concerned. I don't believe it's correct. Slowing the economy will reduce inflationary pressures somewhat, 
But the Fed is operating under an old model of the economy when inflation was driven largely by wage increases. To slow inflation then, it was necessary to take the steam out of wage increases by reducing employment. Essentially, the Fed had to draft a certain number of workers into the fight against inflation by pulling them out of the labor force. That was when American workers had strong unions, and it was harder for companies to increase capacity by outsourcing abroad. These conditions no longer applied. Workers now have very little bargaining power relative to what they had 30 or 40 years ago. Just look at the data. Wages are not rising nearly as fast as prices. Tenth, but if raising interest rates will reduce inflationary pressures somewhat, why shouldn't the Fed at least try? The answer is it's likely to do more harm than good. Current inflationary forces are worldwide. They're coming from huge global pent-up demand following the worst of the pandemic, coupled with supply shortages around the world, which have been aggravated by Putin's war in Ukraine. In fact, inflation in the United States isn't nearly as bad as in most other advanced economies. Slowing the U.S. economy may put a dent in these forces, but not much of one. Yet the cost in terms of a recession or near recession and the loss of jobs and wages is likely to be much, much greater. Eleventh, are there unique factors driving inflation in the United States? The answer is yes. And one of the biggest is coming from hugely profitable corporations with significant market power that are using inflation as a cover for raising their prices. I've talked about this before and Below, I've indicated links to my analyses. Uh, the Fed's rate hikes are not going to stop corporations from doing this. Twelfth, well, what will stop them? Three things, in my view. Number one, vigorous antitrust enforcement that reduces their pricing power. Even, even the threat of such enforcement will make them more reluctant to raise prices. Secondly, a windfall profits tax that takes away a portion of their recent profits and redistributes them to consumers, as the conservative government in Britain is doing. And third, publicity. The government should shine the light on sectors of the economy where price increases are being driven by highly profitable corporations, such as energy and food, as well as the specific companies that are most flagrantly doing it, such as Tyson's Food, uh, ExxonMobil, and Chevron. Thirteenth, uh, so why doesn't the Biden administration pursue these? Well, it seems to be embarking on stronger antitrust enforcement, but it's doing it very, very quietly, too quietly to get big corporations, big profitable corporations to pull back from raising their prices. Biden has begun shining the light on profitable companies that are raising prices. Last Friday, he placed blame for rising prices on oil and shipping companies. In a speech at the Port of Los Angeles, when asked about Exxon's profits, he said, Exxon made more money than God this year. Well, that's fine, but he and his administration seem strangely unwilling to criticize big corporations any more than this. And they've not embraced or advocated a windfall profits tax. I don't, want, I don't know why, honestly. It makes enormous sense economically. Fourteenth, speaking of politics, what's the likely fallout if the nation succumbs to a recession? It is bad news for Biden and the Democrats, even though presidents and major parties don't have much leverage over the economy. They still get blamed for a bad one, and they get credit for a good one. Jimmy Carter 
and George H.W. Bush both lost re-election because of bad economies. Fifteenth and finally, ugh, well, that's precisely it. It's another reason why it's important for Biden and the Democrats to be seen taking action on inflation and calling out corporations and CEOs that are using inflation as a cover for hiking prices.